1: Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome to Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm your host, Al Wamsley, and as always, working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I've been knocking around an idea here in my head the last day or two uh, that I really want to try to parse out here, if we can get through it, and that's basically this basic concept. Uh, Really, there's actually two concepts. I'm going to try to weld them together, but it's going to be a very tough weld, but I'm going to go ahead and try to mix them together. And that is, number one, that we have been educated into poverty. Our public educational system has trained us to be basically employees, trained monkeys, as it were, mouse uh, going around on the you know the wheel. Everything you've always thought about the fact that you know they've trained us to work for them. And the theory of this comes out of the fact that the public educational system was created back during the industrial revolution because all of a sudden there was a need for an educated group of people that could go into these ever-growing job opportunities and fill up these factories and fill up these businesses with people that were smart enough to make things happen. And so it served its point back then, right? But since then, what it has done is it's trained people out of critical thinking mode and into sticking to a plan mode that is basically that of being a trained monkey. And if you look at this and you think about what the public educational system is teaching us, it's starting with, first of all, stand in line. Second of all, don't speak out in class. You have to raise your hand to do anything. You see, they're training us right from youth, that the boss is all powerful and that we are just minions. And that our ideas and our theories are not that useful. What they really want us to do is color inside of the lines. We are taught to color inside of the lines and to copy what's already there. In other words, what they're saying to us is is that if we're coloring a horse, the horse has got to be brown or white or black. It can't be purple. There is no purple horse out there. And if you do it, you're doing it wrong. And so you can't think outside of the box. You can't think or draw outside of the lines. And so all critical thinking, all creativity is being pounded out of us. Now, some people get by and they're just so creative it comes out anyway. But for the most of us, if there was any possibility of us growing, both in a creative side of our brain and in the functional side of our brain, the right and left hemispheres at the same time to where we would come out and be the most useful to ourselves and maybe not society but to ourselves, but I would think even to society, because we would be able to go out there and create something that fixes people's lives, changes things, creates better products, better mousetrap, etc., etc., etc. But they don't. Think about the tests we take. The first thing that they say is, they ask you questions that are yes and no questions. They're multiple choice questions. The idea of an essay, the idea of you creatively de- devouring a semester's worth of information and coming back and actually having a thesis to, thesis from that is almost non-existent. And if you think about what I have to do every day, I have to get up every single day and do a radio show and come up with a thesis around something. This critical thinking is something we are not taught to do. We're not taught to look at, hey, put together these five facts. What's wrong with this picture? You look at our political pundits, there's the left and the right, nothing in between. They just yell and scream back and forth at each other. Again, it's down to just staying within their lines. There's no critical thinking going on in the political arena right now. What else did they tell you? Right? They said, don't cheat. Don't copy. Don't work together in teams. You've got to be individually successful. They grade you against other people. Where I remember reading a story about Henry Ford. Some reporter came in and said, Mr. Ford, you know, how were you so smart, or are you so smart, to come up with all this you came up with? And Henry Ford goes, I'm not that smart. He said, what I figured out was, is that there's a button, there's 10, 20 buttons on my desk here, and if I need an answer to a problem, I'll push a button and a guy who's an expert in that field will come tell me the answer. But but there's no way that I could know all of the answers. And yet, what does our school system try to teach you? You have to learn everything, math, science, home ec, English. Literature, blah, 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 but no critical thinking, just memorization. And what's funny now in our public education systems, because we've memorized the history of our country, and the people that are now taking over the country don't like those stories, they're literally just changing the history. They're rewriting history, but they're still doing the same thing. They're just telling you their version of the story because they want you to do what they want you to do. They want you to be liberal. They want you to have mixed racial families. They want you to have uh, mixed uh, homosexual, lesbian families. They want you to let in all the people that are on welfare so that they'll all vote Democratic, so they'll all you know, vote that way. They want this. That's why they put it in the system. So now our kids, and by the way, this week is our week where we bring our family in for a week, and uh, we have the kids and the grandkids here. And so we're seeing, like, my fiance is Generation X. She's 50 years old, and that's a whole different world than a 62-year-old guy like me. Then you go down to her kids, which are millennials. They're in their early 30s or late 20s, and that's a completely different group of people. And then we have the kids, the grandkids. And you can see that generation after generation after generation after generation has changed the way they see the world. And the the educational system is educating these people further and further and further away from ever being successful. It won't happen. Completely changed the way they see the world. And because of this, they're never going to be able to see the right things. Now, I said I had a second point I want to make to you. And the second point is this. While you're learning all of this pre-programmed educational junk, you are losing the opportunity to make money. You should be able to make the most money in your life when you're young because you live at home, you have no overhead, you have no expenses. You could be working, you could be earning, you could be saving, you could be investing, and you could be getting rich. I just invested with a guy into an apartment deal. The guy's 30 years old. He started when he was 21. He's now a multimillionaire at 30 years of age. I'm putting my money in his deals because he's got energy and excitement and enthusiasm like I did when I was 30 years old. And he's out there rocking and rolling. But he started in his early 20s when he didn't have the overhead, when he didn't have the family. Now he's got a wife and two kids. But he's already made it successfully before he went out and got the house, the cars, the wife, the kids, and all that stuff. What I'm saying to you is our kids aren't even considering being successful till they pay off college debt, which is taking them into their 30s. One of our kids is still going to college, still learning, still educating themselves. Whereas by 34 hours, retired millionaire, they're just trying to figure it out at thirty years old and they're losing time but as much time as they're losing i lost it also because i worked until i was thirty years old retired at thirty four so i worked until i was thirty four not only that i bought houses when they were medium price was fifty thousand i was buying for twenty five thousand made a killing should have bought ten times as many only bought 100, should have bought 500. But when houses became started selling for 50,000 again, I go, man, this isn't worth it anymore. I'm not buying them 50 cents on the dollar. I've got to get out of houses. But houses went from 50,000 to 75 to 100 to 150 to 100, 200. Median price home now, 242,000 bucks. In the same market, it was 50,000 when I started. In the same market where I was buying them for 25,000 apiece, I should have bought thousands of these things. But I missed out on the opportunity because I was wrongly educated. I was wrongly educated to believe that there are cycles in markets that are going to go up and go down go up and go down, and then if, when it goes down, you lose everything you have. And I found out wrong. I've never lost anything in a down cycle. I just keep the properties I have, collect the rental income, and buy more at 50 cents on the dollar. Nobody told me that's the way it would actually work out, and so I got out of those cycles. Luckily I moved to apartment complexes and got in when housing units were 10,000 bucks apiece. They went from 10 to 15 to 20, 25, 30, 35,000. I go, "Wow, it's too expensive. I got to get out." And I stopped buying for a while. And people made millions, tens, of mega millions, while I was sitting on the sidelines. I came back in in 2008 when the recession hit, and I bought another thousand units at prices that made sense to me again made tens of millions on that, but still missed out on the fact that I should have bought hundreds of millions instead. Yes, my friends, we're missing out right now. Take a short break. Be right back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
2: Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Wealth and Passive Income Expo. Saturday, April 27th. WealthandpassiveIncomeExpo.com. Pick from topics like single family rentals, buying apartment communities, becoming a passive investor, raising capital, retirement, asset protection, tax free income, 1031 exchanges, finding, fixing, and funding your investments, and more. Military, veterans, National Guard, reservists, and first responders attend for free. Promo code Expo USA. Bring ID. WealthandpassiveIncomeExpo.com. Promo code Expo USA.
1: Top 1370. Back to Life's House Unlimited, Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Today we're talking about my belief that we have been educated into poverty, educated into middle class living. In fact, they're screaming that the middle class is going away. I believe we're being educated right now to not even believe in the things that make the middle class possible. We are being educated into poverty, yes. And I talked about the public education system last segment, now I'm going to go into the the nanny state concept. Um, Basically, you know, when you used to work on your farm, you had a lot of kids because you knew you needed the kids to support the farm. If anybody got sick, you needed lots of work, lots of hands. And if, you know, the father died, the kids had to take over and, you know, Continue the farm, Uh, all the protection came in the family. But when people started becoming uh, educated in the Industrial Revolution, they went away from the family. They left the farms, they came to the big cities, and they got these jobs. And all of a sudden, the company was the nanny state. Everything was for the company. You were a company man or you weren't a company man. And if you weren't a company man, you're out in the cold. They were going to get rid of you. You were going to starve to death. There was no place for you to go. There was no family to fall back on anymore. And so you had to assign yourself the belief system of the company man. And you basically became a slave to the company is what it came down to. And the working conditions were terrible. And then there were unions and there was fights and wars. And, you know, they tried to make it better and it got better. And all this liberal stuff that made it better and better and better to protect the worker. And all that stuff is great except for one thing you're still a company man and when you were no longer a company man now you're a union man and so I'm not a company man I'm a union man All right. and then when the unions got busted and companies couldn't afford to pay pensions and long-term take care of people over the long haul and younger people that were more educated were available for lower wages you're out in the cold and so what they said was we're gonna give you this belief system that you have to take care of yourself for the first time in your life they're saying there's no more pensions you've got to go out there and start an IRA and a 401k and take care of yourself but the company will match you on some of that will back you on this will give you a place to invest but you're still the nanny state you're still out there and only out there if the company kept you around I know when I went through college and in, I think my junior year sometime, junior, I don't know exact time, um, I went to my dad and I said, you know what, I'm not going back anymore. It's, I'm done. It's over. I've had enough. I don't see any benefit to it. And I thought my dad would be upset about all that. But he wasn't. He just looked at me and said, boy, man's got to do what a man's got to do, boy. And if you're ready for the real world, if you're ready, you've gotten the education you need to strike out on your own, then have it. But one thing you have to realize, and I said, what's that, Dad? He said, it's time. I said, time for what? He said, get out. You're now on your own. You're a man, you're an educated man, and you're on the street. I said, but Dad, what am I going to do? Where am I going to live? What do you suggest? He said, I suggest you get a job. See, my dad only knew one way to survive. That was the same way his dad knew which was to get a job. And if you don't have enough money, you get two jobs. And my dad has worked as many as two jobs, maybe even three jobs at a time, to make ends meet. And I said, do you have a second suggestion? He goes, yeah, get one that pays. pays well if you can. Maybe has some benefits. And there I was, thrust into the world, into a world today that none of our kids could get thrust into and survive. Millennials could not be thrust into that world. All of my kids live with their parents. We have three adult kids. We lost one child in an accident when we had four, but we have three adult children, 27, 28, and 33. All of them live with their parents. Now, the 33-year-old a year ago moved out from his parents or grandparents to a red house right across the street from the grandparents who the grandparents' best friend owns. So I don't know if you really call that moving away from home or not. But the bottom line is these kids cannot survive on their own like I had to at a very, very early age in life. Because they all have been taken care of by the nanny state their entire lives. We'll be right back with Lifestyles Unlimited, Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
2: Did you know that every dollar you invest in real estate makes you money five ways? Cash flow. Money in your pocket each month. Equity capture. The thousands of dollars you create when you have the right team and buy the right property using the right map. Appreciation. Real estate can increase in value over time. Equity buildup. Renters pay down your mortgage each month. And finally, the tax advantage. When done correctly, real estate investors pay no taxes on our cash flow and capital gains. At Lifestyles Unlimited, these are the five ways we make money in real estate, which is why real estate accounts for more millionaires in the world today than any other investment vehicle. You should have some real estate in your portfolio. To learn how to attend a Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop, call 866 971 8970, or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970, or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com.
1: thirteen seventy. Welcome back to Life's House Unlimited, Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm your host, Del Wamsley. And today, we've been talking about some of my premonitions that we have been educated into poverty. Uh, we have been educated to live in the nanny state. We've been educated to live a life of quiet desperation like a rat in his wheel going round and round and round and round and we covered that now in the next three segments I've got uh, some articles I want to cover that sort of start talking about thinking outside of the box education our educational systems public education has destroyed our ability to think critically outside of the box they've given us a mantra to follow they've given us a plan to follow and even though the plan doesn't work we still Keep screaming the mantra, thinking it can work. So this next article says America's middle class is slowly being wiped out. And at first, it sounds like a nice, you know, um, generic type of article. When I got into it, it completely wasn't. Uh, It was about teachers and how teachers in our society can't make it anymore. And the guy writes this. He says, after spending his days teaching American history and economics at public live Oak High School in San Jose, California. Matt Barry drives for Uber. Barry's wife Nicole teaches as well. They each earn $69,000 of combined salary. That not only along, not long ago was enough to afford comfortable family life, but due to the astronomical cost in his area, including real estate. Um, he has to drive for Uber. In his home, the, the example they give a real estate, he lives in a 1,500-square-foot home, starter home, that costs $680,000. He says, teachers are killing themselves, says Barry. Barry says in Alicia Quarter's new book, Squeezed, Why Our Families Can't Afford America, uh, out Tuesday. I should, have have, I should not have to be driving Uber at 8 o'clock at night on weekdays. I've just shut down from the mental toll grading papers between rides and thinking what I could be doing uh, instead of driving, like creating curriculum, well, what you could be doing is creating a life. could be doing the right thing. So I have many, many teachers in my program that are wealthy. Many of them start out just as teachers, teacher salaries, and become wealthy. But the real challenge is before you even get to that level of wealth, let's just talk about what your responsibility is in life. Your responsibility is to take care of yourself and make the decisions that will give you the level of living that you want. Now, if you make bad decisions, then you're going to have a terrible life. So you decide you want to be a teacher. That's a $69,000 a year decision. You marry a woman that wants to be a teacher. That's another $69,000 a year decision. Both of those decisions could be okay if one of two other things happened. Number one, you realized you were going to need to supplement those incomes if you're going to have any kind of a real life in today's society. But you didn't. Because you're so smart you can be a teacher, you're so stupid, you don't understand how the world works. Because as a teacher, you're a liberal and you live in the nanny state. And the nanny state's supposed to take care of you. That's why teachers' unions and so forth want to take care of you. That's that liberal nanny state stuff all over again, right? That's okay. You could even have done that if you had been smart enough to realize you can't live in California. Now, California is the ultimate nanny state. They tax the living bejeebers out of everybody, right? And everything costs through the roof there because of all of the politically oriented construction codes and... um, I don't know what they're called, the all the EPA stuff, all the green stuff. Uh it's it's just impossible to live there. And yet these people went and bought a six hundred and eighty thousand dollar house. Now why did they do that? Do you know for sixty-nine thousand a year times two they could live in Texas? A fifteen hundred square foot home in Texas costs a hundred thousand bucks. They could be teachers. They could live on the water. They could travel to California when they wanted to, and they wouldn't pay California income taxes. They could have a great life. But no, they think because they are entitled, people in our society believe they're entitled, they have the right. No. They have the right, and the government has the requirement of providing them a way to live the way they want without doing the things that would make sense. They could solve the problem one of two ways, but no, they want the government to solve it for them. And so says the writer of this article, he's looking for another handout for another class of people we call teachers. My friends, get yourself some rental income or move to a state worth living in that doesn't cost 50 times more than anywhere else. We'll be right back with Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
2: The largest multifamily bus tour in the country is coming to Houston. Friday, April 26th. Join Dell Walmsley, national radio host, CEO, and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, and his top team of investors, realtors, and expert educators. Ride your way to triple-digit returns. Go to multifamilymasterstour.com. Gain one-on-one access to industry experts, realtors, lenders, property and asset managers, apartment owners, national real estate syndicators, and trade professionals. Get the only bus ticket worth millions at multifamilymasterstour.com. And as a bonus, Master's Tour tickets include tickets to the Wealth and Passive Income Expo, Saturday, April 27th.
0: Dana Carvey and David Spade here. You might know our podcast, Fly on the Wall. We decided to do a spin-off called Superfly, and it's fun. It's just two of us riffing on current events, pop culture. Maestro is an Oscar-nominated movie Bradley Cooper's in, and I'm sure it's a perfect, quality, well-done movie, but it looks a little boring. Honestly, I fell asleep during the billboard. <laughs> Listen to and follow Superfly on the Odyssey app or wherever you get here. Your-
1: podcast. Welcome back to Lifestyles Unlimited, a real estate investor radio show. Today we're talking about how you've been educated publicly, public educational systems educated you to become a worker, to become a just simply someone who follows along to their verbiage of what should be life and you end up being uneducated into the point of being living a life of quiet desperation, not being able to do critical thinking to make decisions for yourself to become successful, because you've been trained both because of the nanny state concept that you deserve anything and everything you want, even though you didn't do the right things to get them, that you can do all the wrong things and still have those things. That nanny state mentality has driven people to do crazy stuff. And besides that, they're not smart enough to figure out how to get out of their problem. I could sit with you. For, you know, most people, 30 minutes and solve a very large number of percentage of your problems in your life. That's what I've been doing for 27 years, consulting people. Um, because you can't critically think. You can't think outside of that box that you're stuck in. And you don't understand that you have options. And the reason you don't think you have options is because, one, your family doesn't want you to believe you have options. Your boss doesn't want you to believe you have options. Your educational system doesn't want you to believe you have options. The government doesn't want you to believe you have options. The Democrats don't want you to believe you have options. Everybody out there is trying to keep you where they want you, which is under their thumb. The next article says, basically, financial stability doesn't necessarily mean having a high income. So here we are back with another millennial writing another article saying financial stability doesn't necessarily mean having a high income. Guy goes on and writes this article. And he says, okay, what are the three things that are most important about being financial? How do you define financial security, right? And uh, the number one question, the number one answer they came up with was being able to have a job and pay your bills and have enough money just to survive. That's it. That's their thought process in this whole thing. And then the guy goes on and says, look, what I don't understand is how did my grandma, who was a widow, live in a tiny house for most of her life since my grandfather died very early in his life and live there without any income and survive and have a car and pay her bills and keep her house maintained? How did she do that? There's a thought process the millennials cannot get their arms around. And so they're asking, what are the three questions you should ask yourself? Number one, can you earn more than what your bills are? And the second question they come up with is, do you have six months worth of expenses for an emergency? Right? Do you have six months worth of expenses? So if you lose your job, you get sick, could you survive for six months? Well, what the heck happens if you get a terminal illness? What happens if your job that they created goes out of business? There no one. You worked for Ma Bell. There used to be landline telephones. There are no landline telephones anymore. You're done. It's over. What are you going to do? Can you survive? Can you retool your entire life in six months? What happens if you get some kind of terminal injury? Six months isn't going to be enough. And the last one they say you should ask is, are you saving money for retirement? Not the right question, which is, do you have a plan that will get you to retirement? So they're not asking any of the right questions. So I turned around and wanted to come up with some questions I thought you should ask uh, millennials to get the right question. And um, the first question I have is, are you saving between 25 and 50% of the money you earn? Now think about this for a second. We have in our family, reunion here. We're not family reunion, but we have all the kids over for the summer. And we have three grown adult kids, all three of which live with their parents. Their overhead is nothing. Nothing. They should be able to save tons of money unless they make very bad decisions. And I think uh, we have two of them that save tons of money, and we have one that's made very bad decisions and doesn't have tons of money. And If you think about it, if you're living at home, you have no bills, and all of a sudden you start making money, can you not save half of that money? Easily. Now let's talk about if you can only afford to save 25%. What if you take that 25% instead of buying yourself more TVs, more stereos, more cars, uh, getting yourself a wife and a bunch of kids and spending your money on all this stuff, why don't you just go buy some rent houses and start building income? And as you build income, that income does not and is not a part of your earned income, and you're already living below your means, so all of that income, you should be able to save. If you save all of that income and 25% of your own income, now you're saving 50% of your total income, and no time at all. If you're investing that correctly in no time at all, you will be rich and replace your earned income with passive income. We'll be right back. Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Talk thirteen
0: seventy.
1: Back to Unlimited, Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Today we've been discussing uh, how most Americans have been educated into a life of quiet desperation. We have taken away our will, our ability to think critically. And um, we've talked about the fact that most people are in this situation because of the public educational system. Now I'm going to talk about, I'm on my third article trying to prove this by showing you situations where people aren't thinking really critically or correctly, and the next article says almost 70% of millennials regret buying their homes, and here's why, and you know, let's think about that just to start with, 70% of millennials are unhappy that they purchased a home after they purchased it, so the article here starts with some facts, 42% of millennials own a home, 46% rent, 11% stay with their family, and 11, 1% stays with their friends. Um, in my day and age, that's just unheard of, people living with their parents, unless they were part of the family business and they're earning their way, they're earning their right to be there. But they're talking about four out of ten millennials felt they had made four finan- poor financial choices when it came to purchasing their home. And they talk about these choices. And what's interesting is hindsight's 2020. So I've got to go through these because I want to get across that everybody you know, every financial planner, your parents, both sides, your family, your attorneys, your CPAs, every idiot on the radio out there is going to tell you to put as much down on your personal residence as you possibly can because that's going to make the payments lower and it's going to get you closer to paying it off. Dave Rams is going to like you. The whole world is going to be better if you put all your money down on this home. Absolutely the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You now are cash poor. Anything that comes up that's problematic for you is going to be something you can't deal with because you have no cash, you're much better off to put nothing down on your personal residence, nothing at all, and take that cash and go buy rental properties and create income. Now, the income will create enough income easily, easily to cover the payment of the house, the house payment. And, you know, most people are putting 20% down on their home. Now, you take this couple in, in San Jose from this other article. $680,000 $680,000 home, 680000 if you put 20% down on that, right? You save your whole life. 680000 times 20%, that's $136,000. In Houston, you could easily buy 10 houses with that. 10 houses making 500 a month would be $5,000 a month cash flow to pay for that mortgage payment before you go buy that house for yourself. Buy all these rental income properties. Then buy the house with nothing down and have the mortgage payment paid for you. Secondly, if you take a look at this, why are you buying a $680,000 home? Of course they're upset. My dad taught me something a long time ago when I was a kid. He said, Dell, it's not what it costs to buy something. It's what it costs to maintain it. And people, especially young kids, don't understand that when you buy a home, that's only the beginning of the cost. Now your spouse is going to want furniture, and by the way, we have a place to live, let's have some kids or more kids, and now we need backyard furniture, and we need, you know, uh, drapes, and we need uh, all new kitchen stuff, and blah, 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 we need to paint the house, we need to power wash, we need to mow the lawn every year, we have water costs, electric costs, gas costs, insurance costs, none of all that stuff did you have when you either lived at home or lived in an apartment. And now it's all yours. Something breaks. you got to pay to get it done. You have the money to have it there. And yet you spend all your money on this down payment. Again, another millennial nightmare. Seventy percent of kids are unhappy to purchase homes, not because buying a home is the wrong thing to do. I'm an advocate of buying real estate. It's that you're buying it the wrong way. You're doing the wrong thing at the wrong time in your life and doing it the wrong way when you do it, and it's ending up strangling your life for the rest of your life. You will be paying off that mistake just like you're paying off the mistake of going to college and racking up all that college debt. Millennials, people, look at what's going on in your life. Before you even get out of the blocks, you've had your butt kicked. It's over with. You're going to struggle to mid-40s to get out of this debt, to climb out from underneath of the cost of that house. And you did it all for the wrong reasons, because Dave Ramsey told you to do it, because your parents told you to do it, because your preacher told you to do it, your attorney, your CPA, all these brilliant people who all live a life of quiet desperation themselves gave you this infinitely stupid information to go by. And why did you believe it? because your public educational system taught you that they their theory was right that you shouldn't question you shouldn't raise your hand you shouldn't draw outside of the lines you should not color the wrong color you should not live your life better different than anyone else but just be the same as everyone else living their life the life of quiet desperation have a wonderful day we'll see you tomorrow